You travel to a little-known country halfway across the world, let's say Tajikistan. And even though you've never taught a class in English before, let alone Tajik or Russian, you think to yourself, how hard can it be? Seriously, you think that. A year goes by, and by the time it's time for you to leave, you understand how hard it can be. But you also had no idea how much fun it would be. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. The other thing is I'm a real big fan of Diet Coke. A fiend, a fiend for Diet Coke, if you will. And first of all, there was no Diet Coke in the country. It was called uh, Cola Light, which is not the same thing. But uh, it was also absurdly expensive. Uh, and really, you know, if you were walking around a Diet Coke, people people knew you were an American. There, there was no question about it. So I started drinking a lot more tea. And what I really learned in Tajikistan is that there's a, there's a culture around tea. You don't grab a tea to go. You know, there's not a Starbucks where you get it in a cup and you're walking to work. You sit down and you enjoy the tea uh, with other people. And that's not something I really have been able to replicate here in America. You know, when you invite people over, you're not usually inviting them over for tea uh, to talk. You know, usually going someplace. Uh, but it was always really kind of an amazing experience to me when somebody invites you into their home. When, you know, they put the tea on the kettle. And you know it's going to be a good conversation uh, when they put the tea on. This week, tea and conversation, 20-hour taxi rides, and the dangers of wearing shorts in the winter. Join us on a journey from the U.S. to Dushanbe, Tajikistan, and learning that enthusiasm is 90% of the battle. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. Exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them, they are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. So, my name is Shane Corp, and uh, I am a program officer uh, in ECA, where I'm contracted to work on the Fulbright program. So my exchange took place uh, in Tajikistan. I was a Fulbright English teaching assistant, and I worked at an American corner in Dushanbe from 2014 to 2015. When I was looking at what I want to do when I graduate, I had an interest in Central Asia. And I thought to myself, how do I get back to Central Asia? There's not a whole lot of avenues uh, to travel to the region. So being uh, an English teaching assistant was one of the few ways to really get back to Central Asia and broaden my experience in the region. I don't have any experience teaching. I didn't study education, um, but I thought to myself, I can do this. This this will work. So, you know, arriving in Tajikistan, uh, you're in the classroom and you really think to yourself, I have 10 months. What kind of impact am I going to make? And when you first arrive, you think 
you're going to have this profound impact on their language abilities. You really think that a year is enough time to go from no English to all of the English, to fluency. And it's not. It was a little hard coming at first and being exposed to these students who thought that I was the expert. Uh, when, I, when I wasn't the expert, I was learning along with them. But you know, over the course of 10 months, I really realized that as important as training is in education, it's also important to just have enthusiasm and to help students understand that learning can be fun. And, and through doing this, you really do kind of captivate their interest and, and make them know that learning English is fun. And that's that's 90% of the battle. And once you've kind of placed those seeds and started watering that plant, it's going to grow into um, lifelong interest in learning. At the American Corner, you, you don't have one class. Um, it, it's a library, so you're really working with, with whoever comes in. So that can be elementary students, that can be secondary students, university students, young professionals. But one of my favorite classes uh, was actually the Kids for English class. So these were elementary age students, probably five to eight, um, and, and they're really excited to learn English. So it was really interesting to kind of see these children and their enthusiasm, and even though I didn't speak any Tajik and very little Russian. Um, it was actually pretty easy to communicate because you have a picture in front of you. You know, you have a picture of a pumpkin and it's pretty easy to say, this is a pumpkin and it's orange. Um, and it, you kind of understand that communication transcends language um, at some point, that it's pretty easy to describe something in front of you and to learn from each other. Um, you know, part of that was me teaching them English. But, you know, when I told them the English word, they would always say the Russian or the Tajik word. So you really understand that teaching goes both ways. Um, as much as you're going to kind of um, inform your students and uh, connect that knowledge, you're also going to uh, gain from them and, and really expand your own understanding. When I was at the American Corner, um, it really surprised me uh, being in country because you really are the only American that most people have ever met. And so, you know, thinking about your life in the United States, you're not an expert on most things when you're a recent graduate. No one's coming to you uh, for specialized advice. But living in Tajikistan, people really do come to see you as an expert and and mistakenly so in my opinion uh you know because you're the only american uh that they have met they they really take your opinion and and they add weight to it so sometimes i had to be a little bit careful about uh, making comments because you really are reflecting on more th than just yourself and, and i think that's a really vital part of educational exchange and cultural exchange is that when you go to a country like tajikistan where so few other americans have been you're not just speaking for yourself you really are representing your country and so uh politics especially i had to be careful about what kind of how the conversation was veering um but but more so just in terms of everyday life you know people would ask me what's better wrestling or football and you think in your head well 
football, obviously. What kind of question is this? But then, because they look at you as representing your culture, they start to think that all Americans think football is better than wrestling. Um, so throughout my time there, it was really important for me to remind my students that this is my opinion, just like you have opinions. <laughs> um, how I feel is not how all Americans feel. I've definitely never been as popular as I was in Tajikistan. That kind of social um, peak hit me when I was an exchange student because you really are wanted everywhere. People want to invite you to weddings. People want to invite you to births. Um, I remember this time that I went to one of my students. Um, their their mother had just had a baby, so, so her sister. And it wasn't a birthday party. It was like two weeks after the birth. It was a celebration of the birth. And I went thinking, I don't know why this person wants a stranger at their party. But when I got there, I was the guest of honor. Uh, so I was seated right next to the grandmother. Uh, when the meals came around, I had the biggest hunk of fatty um, goat meat uh, that they had, which was, you know, a sign of respect. And everybody kind of just wanted me to participate. They were singing. So after the family had sung, I was expected to sing a song. There was dancing, so much dancing all, all, all over the time. And you realize wherever you go, you're the guest. And so being the guest, you kind of have this esteemed position. Um, everybody wants you to kind of participate, to be there. And it's something that is odd to me, you know, coming back to the United States. Uh, you go back to your regular life and you're not quite as popular as you used to be. So I, so I think about my time in Tajikistan as, as being this time when I was so popular and everybody wanted to hang out with me and to invite me to things. Then you come back to America and you're just a regular person again. <laughs> so you really have to kind of adjust. People say culture shock. I don't know if I had culture shock going to Tajikistan. But coming back, uh, you really realize, like, oh, it's back to regular life now. I'm just an, the average Joe. <laughs> One of the really interesting things about uh, being in Tajikistan is that you always feel a part of this larger community. And so when I lived uh, in the country, I lived at, by the Green Bazaar, and I would often walk out of my house when it was a, a little bit cold outside. And, and being an American, I, I love to wear gym shorts, so I would be preparing to go to the grocery store. And sometimes, and you know, it's snowing outside, but I have, I have a high cold tolerance, and I would wear shorts to the grocery store. But one day, this woman across the street uh, saw me wearing shorts, and she comes running up to me, and, and hits me on the shoulder and says, what are you doing? You're going to catch a cold, go back inside. And at this point I had made it to the corner of my street, not very far. So I went back inside and, and you know, I was like, you know, I, I have to change because if, if she sees me again, I'm never going to get to the grocery store. And so it's just one of those moments when you realize if this was America, I might be a little offended. I, I might be a little strange out that this random stranger had come up to me and, and told me to go back inside and change my clothing. Uh, but in Tajikistan, you really realize that, you know, she saw me, a young man, and, and was thinking to herself, who let this person outside? Um, and, and she really had my best interest at heart. And so, you know, part of living in a country is, is recognizing that and, and ensuring that you're kind of following those societal norms. And, and in Tajikistan, when, when the babushka, when the grandmothers tell you to do something, you do it. 
The most memorable times I have of Tajikistan were often spent in taxis. So they're good because they're obviously getting you from one place to another. Um, but they really, in another sense, expose you to, to these different uh, situations. And the thing about a taxi is you can't leave. So, you know, if, if you walk into a, a grocery store and, and you, you meet a strange person, you, you walk away. But when you're in a taxi, you can leave, but there's an opportunity cost involved. How long have you been in a taxi and, and how far are you to, to your destination? I met the most interesting people and I, and I think the people in taxis really taught me sometimes the most about Tajikistan. Because, you know, you you get in and uh, it's a time to to practice your, your language skills. I got on a taxi going to Horog, which is between... This sounds ridiculous, 14 to 20 hours away from the capital. Such a long kind of range there because of the roads. Uh, was there a snowstorm? Was there, you know, uh, sheep traffic? Um, just all of this stuff that could really cause variables. But I get in this taxi and I know it's going to be a long ride. And I say to myself, this is a time to practice, to practice my Russian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some real progress by the end of this 20 hours. And the first thing I do is I look at the man next to me, and I ask him, do you like American cars? Well, the, the word for car in Russian is awfully close to the word man. So I had asked this, this old Tajik man whether or not he liked American men. It was obviously not the best way to start a 20-hour drive. But you know, 10 hours in, you've, you've really bonded with your fellow passengers. Uh, and so I, I just remember we were about probably 10, 13 hours in and the guy behind me pulls out, um, you know, his, his handle of vodka, his, his, his liter of vodka. And that's when, you know, the, the fun really starts. I, I didn't partake, uh, but, but being able to kind of see this group of strangers, you started not knowing each other with very little conversation. And then all of a sudden, you're on the Pamir Highway and people are taking vodka shots. And that's what, you know, cultural exchange is. You're part of that situation. Whether you like it or not, make the most of it. But taxis, just they get you outside of your comfort zone because you're in this car with strangers. But throughout the trip, you learn, you become much more than strangers. You really do form these connections. You start talking about one another's family, where you live, where you're from. So of course they were interested in what I was from in America, but then I learned a lot from them because not all of them were from Dushanbe. Many of them had moved from other cities to live in the capital and they all had a story. And by the end of the taxi ride, you pretty much learn everyone's story. And I think that's a really powerful way to get outside of your comfort zone. I was shy and didn't say much when we first met. I never knew just what to do. Then we took a taxi with the radio set. And since that drive, I'm alive. I heard a song in the taxi. I think if I was to really define my experience in Tajikistan, I would say uncomfortable. And I think that's an important part of, of a cultural and educational exchange is that, you know, you're going to this country and you have these kind of preconceived notions of, of what you're going to do and the impact that you're going to have. And you've just kind of envisioned this life that you'll be living for the next 10 months. 
And two things really come from that. And one is you realize that wasn't realistic. You realize that's not going to happen. Um, you know, the story I thought I was going to have didn't necessarily work out how I wanted it to or how I expected it to, not how I wanted to, how I expected it to. Um, you know, you, you just envision yourself in this classroom with these perfect children learning so much English and then you leave and, and you're waving goodbye and they're all saying, thank you, thank you for teaching us English. That doesn't always work out, you know, that way. You come to realize that uh, flexibility and, and being adaptable um, are, are really much, much more um, nuanced skills. And I remember as I was leaving my last day, one of my students said to me, I've learned so much from you. I can understand native speakers now. And I thought to myself, wow, that's so nice. And then he continued and, and said, you know, you speak so fast uh, that now, now I don't have trouble with anyone because I understand you and you're just so fast and talking. So it was kind of a, a double-edged sword there, if you will. Um, but then you also realize that it's had an impact on you. And, and I think coming out of Tajikistan, I was much more flexible and I was able to really, uh, for example, in my current job, kind of take things that were imperfect and realize that they might not be perfect. Um, that life and work and, and studying even is about moving forward, but not necessarily always in a straight or linear line. Life isn't straightforward and it's not a straight line. And really being able to adapt to situations like when you're in taxis, and being able to remain flexible, like when your classroom loses electricity, are really skills that are going to empower you for the rest of your career. And, and that's something I walked away with um, from Tajikistan, was really realizing uh, that core concept. Twenty-two-thirty-three is produced by the Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Worst. I'm the director of the Collaboratory. Twenty-two-thirty-three is named for Title Twenty-two, Chapter Thirty-three of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, Shane Corp told us about his experience as a Fulbright English Language Teaching Assistant, or ETA. For more about ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. And we encourage you to subscribe to 2233. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. And we'd also love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory@state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Special thanks this week to Shane for sharing his stories. I did the interview and edited this episode. Featured music during this segment was I'm Coming, Virginia by Ruby Braff and His Man, Cold Feet by Steve Klink, 
I Heard a Song in a Taxi by Henry Hall's BBC Orchestra, and I'll Be a Friend with Pleasure by the Billy Butterfield Jazz Band. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came. The end credit music, as always, is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time.